Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we are joined by the Dr. Alison JK. Good afternoon to you. Hi there. Listen, great to have you on the show. We've had a bit of a pre-chat. Like I say, I think this is going to go somewhere beautiful. So uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So thank you so much for coming on. It's always yes, fun. my joy to be here with you. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes to. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So to give everyone a bit of a background. So for more than 25 years, Dr. Allison uh, JK has practiced as a mind-body energy healer, founder of the Vibrational Upgrade System, and working in yoga, meditation, qigong, energy medicine, mind-body fitness, longevity, and holistic health with a specialization in the chakra system. Considered one of the leading experts in her field, she has taught around the world and has written three books, the award-winning What If There's Nothing Wrong, Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss, Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transition, Reasonable Dragons, How to Activate the Field of Possibility Where Logical Magic is the New Normal, and her latest masterpiece, The Dragon Master uh, Creatrix conversations with a female spiritual teacher for these new times. Alison, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Thank you so much. That is a, that's a title and a half. I'm loving it. This is great. Which one's the title than a half? Well, everything. I think it's just, it's, it's just beautiful. So tell me, who are you? What do you do? How do you, how do you see yourself? So I just stepped away after our initial pre-chat before going into recording to kind of um, take in your different version of a podcast and, and just being able to talk freely, um, which is a treat for me because uh, it's not the formula of how did I get started doing this? What's my back or all of that, um, my mission. And I just want to talk, like you said, so who am I? I'm somebody who's different. Um, I tend to have an interesting time between my innate humility with the connection that I have and what it allows me to do. Um, and then being able to market that <laughs> as a person who owns a business. So um, these, this connection I have, it's really um, to source to the divine. Like I grew up going in the woods with my older brother and just feeling connected to everything. And that's never left me. And when I go over to the UK, I like one of the things that I teach is the OM. And so, um, like I have a particular affinity with the silence and the expansiveness that you can feel when not having to interact like at an ego mind level or a personality level, but being able to just bring in more divine presence and be with that and connect there. And so because I do that. I seem to be like 10 years ahead of like what's happening in the masses. And 
Um, that too is an interesting perspective to market from because a lot of the times it just goes swing right over. <laughs> it's like, what did she say? Uh, you know, but I mean, so I have had the nickname given to me from people who've worked the closest with me as my students getting trained in the system. I developed vibrational upgrade. They come, they have labeled me a maverick. Um, I know I have a lot of courage. I know that I just went through a, an expression to my family during this holiday time of, I don't, I, of my family of origin. I don't want to be the voice of bringing in, of being said what needs to be said. I don't want to play that role anymore. Um, my family is really genuine, really loving, a lot of sensitive folks in, in it and uh, not wanting to disrupt the harmony. And so, like, I remember when my mom was going through chemo and I had gone back to teaching, I taught in Asia in the international school system for 10 years. And um, in between that, in year five, I came back to the States because my mom had gotten a diagnosis of a brain tumor. And um, I was already, I had been using energy medicine for about 15 years. And that was in great part why I had moved. I had accepted a job in Asia, as opposed to like Brazil or the Middle East, I had gotten job offers around the world. And I went there because I understood that they are the seat of understanding how energy and consciousness work and holistic health and that approach. Because um, I had my psych, my first major was psychology and that didn't cut it when I was wanting to have the answer of how do we be the happiest, most thriving versions of ourselves. So from there on in, I've been looking at holistic mind, body, spirit approaches to reaching human potential basically. Mm. So I came back, like, for example, in the time I came back to treat my mom with the energy medicine I had learned and we got a brain tumor wiped off of her, out of her head and off the MRI. And the doctor had said, this is a miracle, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I remember looking at him thinking, you know, the first of the five energy medicine modalities I learned was, is from your native country. who's Indian. And he was standing there in a white coat as a Western doc saying that to me. And so um, during the time later, a couple of years later, um, I don't even remember the time frame right now. It doesn't matter. But I remember I had already returned. So she was okay. I set her up with um, my local holistic practitioner in Qigong and then another um, my, my Reiki master actually and went back to Taiwan to continue my teaching career. And um, everybody around here in my family waited for me to come back to talk to my dad about a different treatment, um, taking her off for of chemo because something had happened and they threw her on chemo. So like just being this voice of saying what needs to be said, um, it's, it's required like a certain strength and, and holding this, this vision I have for humanity and this understanding I have for the times we're in and what they really mean, what they're really about and the human potential as opposed to like the struggle paradigm, holding that vision and projecting that out onto reality, that which I've seen and been given, um, from all the experts I interviewed on my own radio show and uh, for two and a half years with Voice America about 2012 to 2032. Um, 
in my own consciousness, like in meditation, then how that filled in the gaps. And then I read more in, in, you know, Yogi Bhajan of the yoga culture, new 2012 was a shift from one yuga or era to another. All the astrologers talk about it, Piscean to Aquarian age. And the Mayans knew it was the end of one era to another. And so holding that vision of like instead of a suffering version in order for people to dismantle their personality level self or their ego self and needing crisis, like a diagnosis or a job loss or a divorce or the physical, some kind of crisis to crack the shell of who they've been in day to day and to open up to really recognizing soul in a human body existence. It's different to hold the space of, of heart first over mind, especially in a culture that, believes that external measurements or, I mean, I say this as an American, um, even though I've lived as an expat for long extended amounts of time, more than the decade in Asia throughout my life, uh, in a culture that values what's external to us more than the heart or the kindness or the compassion, like we measure our success based on, you know, productivity. And what do we produce house, car, kids, house 2,500 square feet car of a certain nature and, you know, all those measurements externally and, and turning it inside out and having it be the mainstream as opposed to the mainstream being like, you know, how good you look on your Instagram and the external measurements so that we can have our earth make it. I, I believe our consciousness. I'm not the only one, obviously saying this, obviously, our, I don't know that it's obvious. Our consciousness affects the earth and she's purging. In great part, because it's greater purge we're all going through from 2012 to 2032, but also because, you know, our consciousness affects the earth. We're all connected. It's all connected. And we've been dumping shite onto it, both physically and uh, metaphysically for so long. So I had my first career actually in politics to protect the environment and um, ended up doing this work with consciousness because I saw that using my master's in environmental policy in an NGO or in a local EPA environmental protection agency, whether governmental or an NGO to protect the environment wasn't going to happen at the time in the late nineties when I was looking at using my master's for it. So I went into classroom teaching using my bachelor's in English lit with the energy medicine on the side work in and teaching meditation as an answer to, okay, if the fossil fuel industry is too anchored into the market, and not ready to change and change will happen more one consciousness at a time. This is how I've been doing it. So it, it just, it, it takes a lot to hold the space. I'm curious in, do you, do you see the way this is the planet is the way the humans have reacted in a, in a not a particularly great way? Well, that, that's a judgment itself, but are we where we're supposed to be or has this been an egoic field trip that's gotten out of hand? Oh, okay. My first book's title is what if there's nothing wrong? Mm. And it's basically saying what you just said. And what I just said, the bottom line of um, it's our consciousness. that's going to change everything. Yeah. And there's egoic resistance for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's on a global level. Like that's not just a that's a, Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's human. It's ego versus heart. 
ego versus soul, if you will. And I don't mean to make it sound like a battle because both serve their purposes and their appropriate tools in certain contexts. Yeah. But it's, yeah. But the, the potency of each is not equal per se, right? No. If one is the light and one is the dark, well, one is, um, yeah. I mean, they, they both have their powers, but yeah. It's, um, I think we can lighten the ego from everything I've, I've seen from my, I'm a yoga teacher certified in India and in teaching meditation and, and the, those practices in particular really show how to lighten the ego. And so I use energy medicine to speed up the process of meditation and the results of, and effects of to clear people's unconscious and subconscious blockages. Um, and then more fresh vital life force energy or consciousness can get to the conscious mind level. And from there we make more conscious choices. So I feel like we can bring light to the ego and we can lighten it up. It does have it, what you're saying when you, I feel like what, with what you're saying, I'm not sure I could be misinterpreting, but when you said dark and light mm. the ego, the ego serves a purpose. I mean, it also helps us navigate the physical plane and, and takes the metaphysical data to a more navigable, um, manageable level with the five thresholds on our five physical senses. So we don't see everything that's there to be seen. Right. So, I mean, and it keeps us out of danger, lions, tigers, and beers. Oh my. So it hates the unknown. So it presents that resistance when we go to do something unknown or new or unfamiliar. So, I mean, it's learning, I think the management of it in its darkness and then also being able to bring more light to it so it can evolve. I mean, that, that's the, is there an evolutionary opportunity with the ego, do you think? I mean, it's like, you know, it used to be, yeah, just we've got to run home so the tiger doesn't get us, but now it's, you know, can it evolve or his human human nature as, a, as the, the conscious form, has it evolved just much faster than the ego itself, do you think? Wow, what a question. I don't know the answer to that. You're asking what I think. Um, well, if we look at like here, I am taking the observer mode um, that I learned to do in meditation. And I do this a lot with when I see what I'm talking frequently about, what's coming through me frequently. Um, I'm talking a lot about evolution in the last 12 years. Um, and I don't mean genetics. I mean, it's included in there, but that's like one of the least on the list of priorities when I mean evolution. So I, I feel like the ego is the evolution of the ego is implied in the sheer fact of meditation, that if we have a practice that's over 5,000 years old that people have used to learn how to evolve beyond the ego mind is what it's called in meditation, ego slash mind, ego mind dominance over our choices and our daily lives and habits and et cetera, then yeah, the ego can evolve. And, and, and I understand that this time, 2012 to 2032 is, is absolutely about the human race going like you read my subtitle of my second book, vibrational upgrade, a conspiracy for your bliss. That's the title and easing humanity's evolutionary transition. My publisher knows my work. He is a recipient He's purchased. He's a customer. And he's like, you have to have that subtitle because of the, your mission. So if we look at that, imply, it's implied that evolution's happening. Hmm. Do people get you? And I mean that very respectfully, by the way. I don't, I don't, I'm, please don't take it the wrong way. 
no, no, no. <laughs> That's what I meant when I said like a lot of the times it can go over people's heads. I mean, but I've made a six figure plus living for the last 12 years. So enough people do. Hmm. And is that, I mean, do you get to be your true self enough? I mean, and well, how close, well, a better question might be is how close to your true self are you as the, the, the form we see today? What did you just ask there? How close am I to what you see? To, is to it your, really your true self is where you are at. Okay. So I just licked my lips and this had the same kind of energy I perceived about and that you may have been talking about when you said I'm interested in you didn't say I'm interested to see, to see where this goes. What did you say? I feel like there's this conversation. It's, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like this conversation is going to go into somewhere, somewhere crazy, somewhere special. I, I don't know. I'm just. That. So the, whatever you said in the beginning, that was the adjective where it's um, for this conversation. I feel like it right now, this is part of it. I feel like what I just heard you ask and where I want to go with it more so is how much can I be myself um, and present myself whilst marketing my business and talking about my mission mm, and yeah. having clients find me? Mm -hmm. And that's a really interesting question. Um, and I've been consistently working with that since coming back from Asia and dropping the classroom, teaching and administration and taking the energy medicine and mindfulness full time. Um, I can only say what I really feel and think to a select audience. Um, I, I find myself scaling down what I say typically. Yeah. And some, some of that's attention span. Some of that you can only capture so much in copy. Some of that's the nature of, you know, digital marketing, social media and email marketing and the overwhelm people are typically in. Um, and the nature of the beast that I'm talking about, like attempting to get that into like a bullet list. <laughs> it's like Just the whole an email with the whole answer to everything. Perfect. You know, I once saw this meme years ago and I used it on my Facebook um, post. It was a guy and I, uh, um, a yoga guru uh, cartoon, not uh, genuine life forms in a photo uh, sitting in the mountains. And he has a seeker coming up to him and asking, can you tell me the secret of life, please? Um, and so the guru is saying, did you see my Facebook page? <laughs> I mean, but uh, God bless social media. I mean, in, in all the, you know, all that it allows us to connect with and, and who we connect with because of it. You know, I mean, it's not all bad. Um, I think that the world is changing in part because of social media and so many more voices being heard as, and I'm obviously not the only one to say that. And I don't think that this, it's all bad. It's just us learning how to now deal with that impact and reshape. So um, I find that like, even right before we were getting together, I have this new program I'm launching um, and I have these goals. I have this understanding. So in meditations, it came in that this year we really need to be more courageous than ever before. I don't know if that ever before is accurate, but increased courage is needed for us to succeed even more this year. I get that in 2022, there are vast opportunities for thriving for people who are consciously awake and continuing to do this kind of work I'm talking about where there's discipline and management of the ego mind. And there's 
bringing forth more of the soul and the heart-based self and letting that lead more. Um, and then those who are in resistance to it or still completely in the material realms and, and, and shut down to the holistic aspect of being a human are going to suffer even more. Um, it's not going to be like this golden year. It just, and, and I see the path getting further. Um, I don't mean to talk about polarity, but I see like the division being further with there's more and more people who are asking for an awakened, healthy version of humans in the earth. And, and, and those who aren't are starting to suffer more. It's kind of like the turning point. So we're going to begin to physicalize the new era where like the, we're already seeing it, like the way institutions are, whether it's banking, financial, educational, health, they're all going to rearrange in our rearranging so that it's more aligned with what is needed in service to each other rather than abuse of power, top-down suppression, hierarchy, what we have seen. So personally, individually for each person to go beyond where we've been before requires courage. Is it courage or is it acceptance? Maybe acceptance first and then acceptance of where you are to acknowledge it honestly, and then courage to move beyond. It's almost like that zone of zone of genius or zone of connection. Right. And, and, and the, the, the more you connect and the more you see and the more you feel, you know, you, it's, it's impossible. To, once you, yeah. I, I think is there not a natural rising and that's a, that's a wonderful opportunity that, you know, there's a greater connection, which, which allows you to, to connect further as well yourself. I don't know. It's a, it's a niching opportunity in some ways, which actually allow it's allowing all this to happen for you to, to, to go deeper in your teachings, to, to, to not have to appeal to the, the masses per se. I don't know. It's just a theorem. Well, hold on. What do you think about the idea that the masses are now becoming more people who are aware of this? I, my, my, and this is where I don't know, because sometimes we get trapped in our own truth chamber, right? You know, in our own. What a great sense. We get trapped in our own truth chamber. <laughs> Can I use that? Please do, yeah. It's 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 true though, isn't it? You know, we we hear our own yeah. our own echoes. All this It's like, well, it must be true. And then you step step outside of your own, you know, your own zone, and then you realize that hold on, I was just talking to myself there. You know, <laughs> I love. That's one of the reasons I love. I I released my fourth book that when I held up uh, in January of twenty one last year, a year now, and it's been great going on this podcast tour all around the world and talking to people and seeing where they're at through what we've just moved through. Yeah. So, uh, it's been really great for me to check myself on my own truth chamber. Mm. Um, but it's interesting too. There's like this balance because like, I was just talking to one of my closest friends last night and I was telling her, she's like, don't you have alerts for the weather? And I'm like, I don't even have the local, I'm not supposed to do this, but the people at the phone companies like turned off my Amber alert in America. It's you get alerted with kids are locally missing or something happens. I think that's what it's for. I don't even know what it's for, but what, what I'm saying is that like not having this reality and all of its noise infect me holding the vision that I've been holding. Hmm. So uh, it's an interesting balance between like in my own truth chamber only with no outside <laughs> input and like what genuine input to allow in. Yeah. That's healthy and helpful while still observing reality as it is now. 
It's because uh, it was sort of almost coming back to what you were saying earlier. You know, we talk about communication and it's almost like words just get in the way of communication. You know, it's like the true communication is in the silence or it's in the gap in between the words. And yet we still use these words to actually break up the silence, which people, the conscious mind says is, is good. And the, the unconscious mind says, I wish you would stop talking. You know, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm not quite sure why I felt the need to say that, but I think it's the beauty of silence, right? That's, that's something the conscious mind almost seems to fear, you know, the, the egoic mind, I should maybe say, I don't know. I love that you're saying that because maybe you're saying it when you just said, I don't know why I'm saying that I can give you a couple of reasons, possibly. Um, like when I returned from Asia, I was having in, in treating people locally and in a distance. So it was American based, but I was still treating people all over the world remotely. I noticed that as um, I was more and more in America, my sessions became less and less quiet mm -hmm. or less and less silent. There, there was more expectation of talk and chatter and intellectual coaching. And I know I would say, I would give the, my clients the option, please understand that I can go further and do more on your behalf. The more silent we are. Um, I teach when I'm training my students who are studying to become or up-leveling vibrational upgrade their, their, as themselves as a practitioner with their own clients and hands-on or remotely. Um, I let them know you, you want to do the same thing. Like you get more done in the silence. You can move more energy. Um, and then like when I have been on summits or even podcasts here and there, a few where I'll do my energy medicine, the verbal clearings and activations <clears throat> in the silence is when I get more perceived and I'm able to move more energy. And yet it's weird because people do get uncomfortable in the silence. Um, and it does, it feels like filler and to find the right words, even now to talk about so much of what I'm perceiving, like to find the right words and to have it sound different than what somebody else is saying that could be along the same lines, but it isn't. It's really at times impossible. And you, I don't think I use the word impossible more than usually once a year at most. Like I haven't used that word in so long. I, I, I'm noticing it impossible. Why, why is that? What, that I don't use that word? Yeah. Because I live in the possibilities. I live in the understanding of the more when, when I have, and this is a teacher and this is growing up in a household where it was really rewarded to be right and smart. <laughs> um, when we know the answer to something, we get that kudos, right? Like I would, the kids would feel great in the classroom when they were right, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we live in that paradigm, but for ourselves to come out of our habits and our routines that aren't helpful or healthy for us, um, asking questions, not knowing and allowing oneself to be wrong mm. are key tools. So I am constantly like a spiral or like a flower where I'm always asking like what I'm living in this understanding of there is this, greater field called the Tao around us, right? Like, and I call it the field of unlimited possibilities. That was in my third book's title, it's subtitle you read. And so the Tao, T-A-O from the Chinese, uh, like Qigong practices, 
is this field that ex- that's out here beyond my own personal field, your own personal field. And I understand it to contain life force as many people understand that. And I wrote about this at the end of my second book, going to a yogic guru in America to ask him the effect of doing so many energy medicine sessions where I'm channeling the light or channeling the energy. What are the effects on me? Cause I was feeling more spacey and less grounded and t- more tired. And so I wanted to ask him cause he was a main teacher bringing yoga from India to the West. He opened the first holistic center in yoga studio or yoga center in America. And I went to him asking him the effects and instead ended up treating him. Um, so I, in one of the sessions of ending of me treating him, I said, is life force chi or prana the same as soul force? And he said, yeah. And I said, is it the same as, so it's another way to ask it like the unconditional love force. And he said, yeah. And I understand that unconditional love is that in the cellular matrix in between cells, it's the nature of the universe we live in and love helps things grow. So I live more from there. I don't naturally understand limitations. I help people release them. And I mean, I have spent my whole life, like, you know, jumping out of planes, bungee jumping, moving around the planet, just doing stuff that isn't, I guess, focused on impossibilities. Hmm. No, it's beautiful. I mean, just a... I mean, in the words, I suppose, of Eckhart Tolle is you, you just are, you just, just be, right? Just being there. And that's nothing, that thing is nothing is impossible and everything is, is the right answer. Beautiful. I'll go back to my previous question really is how, how close to, is, is there who you are and your true self? Is that one and the same or is it, is it, will there always be a a shadow or a gap? So on the deeper level of that question, (laughs) um, my sense is that maybe we're finding that gap closing in this new era. And maybe that's a great part of the evolution we're going through. Whereas like, here's an example of that nature where we might be getting closer. I remember in the beginning years of working with energy medicine and and learning about karma. Now I've spent tens of thousands of dollars training in how to clear karma. It's persnickety. It's not easy. It's karma is glompy. I've heard some people even say karma is going to disappear in this new era. I I, I don't know about that yet. I don't see it yet at all, but um, like the aspect of having karmic consequences, maybe when we evolve much more in Anyway, I won't go down that road. What I'm talking about right now is um, in the beginning days of doing energy medicine sessions, I would see people have to die and then reincarnate in order to get out of a pattern. Uh, they, they, and now, like, I remember my very first client when I came back from Asia, really tall woman, a reverend herself, a really big woman, tall, just big bone. Just I remember being at the crown of her head at the top of the table and just looking down her body and it seemed like miles long. <laughs> and I remember feeling like, oh my God, I'm helping you. I feel like a, a, a midwife, like I'm helping you give birth. And I remember noticing like 
after a couple of sessions, I don't know how many, maybe 10, maybe less, maybe more like, Oh my God, we're helping you. You don't even need to reincarnate. We're getting, we're going to be able to get so much change and so much change is intended for you by your soul that you don't even need to reincarnate to get that amount of change. We can do it now. And I, I and ever since then, I've been seeing that more and more. So I feel like when you say true, when you use the term true self, that's like what us as souls, us as unconditional loving beings. And that's the gray mist that leaves the body. Whenever any of us leave our bodies, is that the true self? I suppose. Yeah. I mean, in this instance, I would, I mean, that's the, the, the pure essence of who you are as such. Yeah. So if, if, if that's what you're saying, then I, I don't know, maybe that is part of the evolution now that we get closer and closer to living from that place. I know that it's not easy when the current society is still very much honoring um, and, 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 and reactive to fear mm-hmm. and um, problem solving and struggle to hold the, the space of unconditional love for humanity can get messy and and it can be very challenging because it's um, like, what about when I have to draw boundaries when somebody is, isn't coming from unconditional love towards me? Mm. Well, I mean, so what am I saying there is that boundary drawing is something that you don't do as your true self. It's more egoic. I guess. So if I have to deal with somebody else's ego that they've not worked on yet. So because they haven't done their work on their ego, purifying it enough, and they're still coming at me with egoic intentions, I have to draw boundaries to keep myself preserved. So I feel like maybe more of the soul-based living would make it easier for me to be my true self (laughs) from people around me. My reality is that. Do you think, I mean, everyone, well, first of all, let me ask, can I ask what your, your soul values are? Have you ever thought of such a thing Whether it's, uh, we talk about core values, but to me, that's not deep enough. I talk about soul values. To me, it's the, it's the purity of it. Would you know what your soul values are? Does it matter to you? Well, I think I just espoused one of the key ones is, is learning to live in unconditional love and, and possibilities rather than fear and struggle and problems. Mm-hmm. And another, another one is do your own work. Damn it. Step into more ma- self mastery, learn how to manage that ego mind you've been given so that you don't suffer. So is that a soul, soul value? Yeah. Be more soulful, be less egoic. Now I sound like I'm like pointing fingers and, and I have like my nostrils flaring or something with that tone. <laughs> Wagging finger right next to yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, go be more loving you, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like with my kids, it's like no matter how much stuff and how much I go through, it's like they can just snap me out of state so quickly. It's like, yeah, they'll just break me in seconds. It's like, yeah, push all my buttons all at the same time. But it uh, yeah, no, it's just and I, I find that interesting. I mean, the second part of that then is I mean, fundamentally, do you think everyone's soul values at their core they may or may not be operating at that level but it's still love and connection or joy or whatever whatever those soul values would be do you think that is the same for everyone it's just we're all on a different path or a different place in our journey 
So I, I'm just right now reflecting back on in my uh, most recent, no, I did it in my third book, Reasonable Dragons, the calibration of frequencies. And I remember being surprised that joyous creation is of a higher vibration than love. Yeah. Joyous creation is a higher vibration frequency of thoughts, frequency behind the thought or the engagement in joyous creation. One's vibrations are higher than engaged in love. So is that because creation sometimes involves, you know, it's, it's almost like an exothermic reaction in, in chemistry, right? It's, it's, it's two or more sources coming together. No. And that kind of explosion of life. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. I love, I love how you see that. So if, if, if there's this calibration saying joyous creation, no matter if you're Spanish and living in South America or you're Icelandic living up in the North, close to the North pole, if you're engaged in joyous creation, you are going to be a higher vibration, no matter culture, gender, et cetera. Then there's got to be like a consistent see across all souls. Um, and it's, I mean, you can observe it too. Like it's it, the, how consistently people who are joyous have better health. Um, and it boosts the immune system. They've done the measurements, you know, scientific quote unquote, scientifically. Why do I say quote unquote scientifically? Because I think measuring consciousness is subjective, like in the way you even create the tools the machinery, which with, yeah. So I don't mean to knock science, God bless it. You know, it's gotten us really far. Um, but there, I like a balance between rationalism and heart and intuition, not just all rationalism. We've gotten too far over that swing of the pendulum and my interesting point of view. So, um, I think then there's a layer, like you're asking, you brought in with your question, another direction for me to go with that, which I think is interesting, Pete. Thank you. It's the, like, I don't spend a lot of time distinguishing between spirit, soul, and higher self. So in the Hindu yogic culture and in the traditional Chinese culture, they both believe the spirit resides in the heart chakra. When looking at the traditional Chinese, the yin yang culture, the Taoists that created the yin yang and then acupuncture and qigong, um, the soul is in the lower Dantian or it's in the, what the yoga culture would call the sacral chakra. So that's saying it's two, that's saying higher self, pardon me, that's saying soul and spirit are different entities. And then in the yoga culture, we learn that above the crown chakra is the higher self. And through that, you connect with your higher self, your more pure non-egoic guiding self. And then even above that, you connect and have the higher chakras above that to the divine. So the more and more you're connected there, the more pure your guidance is and the more purified your consciousness is, the more you can access that more purified guidance. So to me, it sounds like, like at some level in those three, there is individuality or individuation. So whilst we can have a commonality for all soul values at a core, fundamentally, like unconditional love is a great aspiration. And that's what we all, the whole universe works on. It feels like there's also individuation somewhere between soul, higher self, spirit, and that spectrum. And that individuation is I might have a particular other set of core values that then you can see me 
engaging in with my mission and what I'm doing in my life that aren't egoic, that are still like almost a part of the soul's dharma to, to move beyond and move through and evolve and work with and evolve in our lifetimes, each of our lifetimes. So mm. I do this answer a lot, both and. a <laughs> multiple choice answer. It's like, yeah, pick which one suits you. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, the buffet of life. <laughs> well, it's like, there's no right answer, right? You know, was it someone said, you know, the wise you become, the less you say. It's like, yeah, go figure, right? You know, you realize there's, there's more than one way to to look at it. But are you are you clear on your purpose? Is there such a thing? Mm, I feel like somewhere along the lines, it switched into the work, the word passion. Because purpose feels heavy, obligations responsibility, passion feels uplifting. Like, woohoo! I want to go out and share this. And like, I have natural inherent talents like associated with my soul values so that my passion is natural. If I don't cover it up with conditioning of shoulds and responsibilities and I allow it to be my guiding force and I'm heart led and higher self led, then my passion naturally needs to happen. I not, I will end up choosing it. So yeah, I know that I say two things of my mission have been since returning from Asia. One, if people in the West only understood there's a science behind how to work with understanding subtle energy and then how to work with it in consciousness and valued more of the invisible, there'd be so much less suffering. And then the other part of my, the secondary mission has been to professionalize the field of energy medicine. So it's not like energy work or, you know, let me give it to you for free, even though you don't want it and throwing it on resistant family members or going up to somebody in the supermarket and acting like your intuition's like a psychic reader. And you're like, I am seeing this to a stranger, you know? So like all of the oovy groovy, woo woo, crazy wonky past behaviors that have been associated with this field. Instead, it gets understood as a science that it is. And, and that like, I just recently saw something um, that was impressive. And I t- went into this in great depth in my first book, What If There's Nothing Wrong? You can hear me talking about this with a different tone. So yeah, more my my purpose and slash passion. Um, more and more doctors in the United States, it's up to the point of between 60 and 70% are admitting they have no idea how to deal with chronic issues. So for me, and again, I talked about that. I wrote the book in 2010. So here's an example of me being 12 years-ish ahead of the curve. I know a lot of other people have been looking at the holistic model for decades. So I I don't mean to claim that sole territory, but what I'm saying is, is that it's only now that the American medical association, not even them, but the doctors who are getting trained are saying there's a dearth of training. We can't work with chronic issues. And that's what I said. And what if there's nothing wrong that Western medicine, particularly in America is really good at diagnostics and surgery and trauma and where they fall down is anywhere beyond the tests because we love our toys and we love our diagnostic tools, therefore, and we love the cool um, carpentry devices used in surgery because we like quick fixes. But to go into something beyond that, we don't have that here. So that's when the holistic model comes in. That's when dealing with the forces beyond what you can put a Band-Aid on. And God bless the trauma treatment in the U.S. God bless the surgical capacities, you know, it saved many, many lives. I don't mean to be knocking it in that way, but with chronic issues, it falls down. So that's been part of my passion. Less so nowadays, 
Um, cause it's, it was like ushering it in. And then I, t- it's like a trend, even with clothing. I remember like, especially in my twenties and thirties clothing in forties. And even now, like if trends hit, I I'm out of there. I'll wear it be, until it becomes a trend. And then I'm, I, I stop wearing it. So like, it's just kind of my, this is personality level stuff maybe, but it is in my personality to like focus on something and then it fills in from others and then it becomes that threshold and I, I leave it and then move forward and focus on the next. This is like this crazy capacity. It's not crazy, but it's crazy to me sometimes to look at it. And this is what I meant in the beginning when I was kind of floundering for words in the start of our conversation. Cause I didn't, it's, it's it, you have to talk with me a while for me to really be able to express this, but this is what I meant when I said, I, I, I don't, I'm humble. I have a hard time expressing what it is I actually do because it's hard for a person to hear, especially not for you, but especially if they're coming from ego. I said it one time on a podcast interview and I remember the guy, it was a guy interviewer. And I remember him saying to me something along the lines of, I don't even know what, but it made me say back to him, Oh, well, you would perceive what I'm saying as that if you were coming from ego and it wasn't an attack to him. It was just, he was asking a question but it made me realize the words I say about what I can do sometimes sound self angry, like as if I have delusions of grandeur. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard too, isn't it? Because then you start to turn the knob down a bit and saying, mm, you get it right there. Thank you. you know. Point to my finger in case you're just listening right at <laughs> it, right at the screen. So got that. Yes, Pete. But it is, it's just that way of going, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just, put that little part of me back in the cupboard and yes. only show it on special occasions. Right. Is that why you've been asking some of the questions you've been asking? Cause you've had a bit of a theme. Yeah, I think, well, one, I think, you know, it's not often we all get to come out and just be and just say, you know, it's like, I come here with no agenda. As I say, I start with a blank sheet and, you know, what better way to have a conversation, you know, rather than coming in and going, Alison, I've got 20 questions here and, and God damn it, I'm going to get through that list. I don't give a monkey. <laughs> and I don't know. Where am I going with it? I don't know. I mean, but that's okay too. It's not, it's, it's set without agenda, without intention, you know, and, and not, is that not, you know, is that not a, a, you know, if you can listen without judgment, is that not sort of a, a growing wisdom or something? I don't know. Oh, it's supportive as all get out. I mean, I know I, I can be a listening space and somebody like, I remember I was just talking through something with a friend. She just, she offered some advice in the beginning, saw that it was off the mark. And, and, and cause I had said, no, that's not where I'm at. Um, and then another piece of advice, no, that's not where I'm at. So my words made it sound like I was mm. at a certain level and they weren't effectively communicating because she was hearing me in a way that like, it sounded like one way, but it wasn't how everybody else means it is a way for me to express it here. Um, so if I, 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 so I just ended up talking, she gave me the space and I came to the, you know, a new re- recognition of something. Um, so I feel like you're doing this really great space providing and, um, listening. And I thank you for that. It's, it's interesting. I also think you're uh, intuitive and I feel like you're kind of hearing some kind of, you're perceiving something and you're asking questions that I could see if I chose to has a theme to it somewhat in that, um, are you really expressing your true self? Are you able to? Do you ask that to everybody? 
No. I genuinely, I just try and feel into what's... Mm-hmm. I think whenever we're having a conversation, I used to have this running commentary, like, shh, 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 I'm just, I'm trying to do this conversation right now. I'm going to read this question no matter what. And, but it's that, it's that voice and going, hmm, I wonder is that connected to that and saying, don't just wonder it, ask it. And and you could end up going down some magical rabbit holes. You know, people going, how the hell do we end up here, right? But Totally, yeah. But, but you're following that thread and just going, Listen, I don't know where this goes. Maybe it goes nowhere. You know, but that thread's intuitive. I'm suggesting to you because I just before our our time together, I was just dialing down what I was saying with a new landing page for that new program I'm announcing, and I just cut out a whole bunch of what I really wanted to say about courage this year because it wasn't landing. Hmm. So I so and it really was expressing an energy, a sense of, you know now is the time to really go for it and, 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 and make your asks bigger um, with what you desire to create and, and, and really go for it. And, and just using words, like I couldn't, the, the energy of that, it wasn't landing because people weren't ready for it yet. It's not what their egos are showing them. They see that they want. And so I had to cut this part out. That was me expressing, let's really go for it and dial it down to where they're at. Which is that in itself, and even your language has just demonstrated a, a, a massive incongruency between this is what I really want and this is what I have to do, right? You know, yep. and then we rewind five minutes or 10 minutes. You're saying, as soon as it becomes status quo, I'm out of here, you know? So is it not a fear that you actually, you fulfill your own prophecy, then you kind of go, right, I, I need to make a radical shift here to change it again? I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm seeing too much in the gap. No, I don't know. I want you to say that what you just said in another way, please. I think in in you know it's it's the old expression of you know don't don't hide your light under a bushel for anyone. You know it's that it's that aspect. Those that need to come forward or need to to step forward will step forward. You know, and it's not yep. when you get to that point that actually you know someone has to lead the field or someone has to make the first step, whether it's right, wrong, or whatever. It's not about that, but. You know, I, I I get that we have to sort of sometimes we have to appeal to the masses, but at the same time as we say the whole if the mass consciousness is increasing, well then you and yourself have to step up. You have to make that statement that yeah. scratching the head, going, not entirely sure, but I'm gonna turn up and find out, right? You know, I'm here yeah. to learn. And then that then propels you into, you know, another energy level or something. I don't know. Does that make yes, sense? You do. You do. And it does make sense. You do know. And, and it, what you're talking about is an interesting question I've been in for a good couple of years because it's not it, because I have if I'm listening intuitively to my audience on a free monthly call, I offered a free monthly call for over a decade um, steadily, regularly, and I in giving interviews all the way through this time. Um, and doing talks, giving programs, tuning into my audience, I'm asking how can I best serve them? So I'm listening to their, their consciousnesses quietly, intuitively, and then I'm running and clearing to bring, to clear out the block, the limiting belief, so that that blocked down consciousness is able to then be activated to be consciousness at a conscious mind level. So you can use it. Because the quotes are like 85% at least, I think it's more like 95% of our daily choices are made from the back of the house consciousness, like the driving thing, example I give all the time. We don't say once we've learned to drive, put the car in reverse, blah, 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 blah. We just do it. 
it gets lodged into the subconscious once we learn. And so we're making 95%, I think, of our daily choices from this habituated, non-conscious mind place. And so the more that we can come out, we can clear out more of that subconscious and unconscious locked down energy that happens from beliefs or conditioning or other sources and bring them up to the front of the mind consciousness, the more mindful we can be as we make our choices. So the more choices we have, the more possibilities we have access to. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It's sort of, my, my fear is that it, it, it dilutes or, 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 or uh, it slows you down. You know, that thing of almost like, you know, it's, it's like people who are, um, you know, sort of unconsciously competent in themselves. And especially if you're intuitively connected and all the rest, it's like, I now have to break my state and I have to slow down to explain it to people. Wow. What a bore. <laughs> it's like, do you know that way? But I mean, I mean, I mean it very complimentary and sort of almost like to, but as a not counterintuitive, it's like, I now need to turn around and see how people could be perceiving this in the conscious form, you know, cause they maybe haven't had this necessarily realization yet. Whereas if it was thought of through the sort of through the connected state and saying, how do I need to teach this? Does that make sense? I feel like yeah. I shot down a rabbit hole here. But. Okay, so hold on. Staying at the top of the rabbit hole on solid ground here um, and welcoming the rabbit hole at the same time, but let's have the rabbit hole be productive. <laughs> for now, anyway, just for now. You know, maybe the 30-minute extras would be the rabbit hole unproductive, which would be great. <laughs> and then productive at a later point. I feel like what you just did to me is you just reflected to me, is you just reflected that Allison, what I just watched you do was I just watched you start to explain something that was really boring and and it took you out of your happy zone. Um, And that some people needed the explanation because they may not be in that connected conscious state. And so I dropped out of my joy zone to explain that in case there were some people that needed it. While what I really want to be talking about is the, and then where do we leave off before? Why did I start talking about that? But if we had more consciousness. So when going back to what you were saying, like when I'm sitting there making a choice about whether to talk about what I know that will land for people and they'll know what I'm talking about. And that's dialing down. You said hiding light under bushel. Mm. Hadn't thought about hiding my light, but I did was aware that it was dimming down of my woohoo. What I was saying was if I'm in the mode of serving people, I'm tuned into them, right? And I have been doing this habitually in this profession. So for me to then, I have been interestingly working with that dynamic so that I stay. I have been in the serving capacity. That's been my gig and it's no longer okay for me. Mm. So I I feel like the serving of the masses has completed in my karmic or my Dharma wheel. Enough of the mass consciousness has raised. So I've been able to increasingly in the last couple of years, pull back, let others take on that role and then see what I really want to talk about. Meanwhile, my audience is, is huge. Like it's uh, my email list is like, uh, I don't know if it's like 13,000. So I don't know like who I'm talking to, you know what I mean? So that doesn't matter. 
one of the things I've been working on with a couple, I have two different business support people. And one of the things I've been working on is saying more about what I want to be talking about, mm. but it's just interesting. Cause like you said, you know, to come out of, um, is it, you asked something like, is it almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy? And you took two different segments of what I had said, being the leader out in front. And then when I, in, in saying something really early on, and then once it hits mass consciousness or becomes a trend, I leave. And so it's almost like I, I am in that perpetual space. That's what you were feeding, you were feeding yeah, back to me. Exactly. Back to me. But that, yeah. That, so for me, that's because it's almost, it's like, it's kind of driving with the accelerator and the brake on. It's like driving with, you know, instead of having a little yeah. rear view mirror, you've got half the screen is behind you and half the screen's in front of you. In fact, it could be the other way around. Unfortunately, you're, you're driving in reverse. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the past is in front of you and the future's behind you. You know, it's that, it's that sort of going, okay. You know, and I suppose the analogy I, I come up with is more like, you know, be like a rocket. You know, it's like the energy, you, you can only point one way if you want to successfully get into you know, into the outer atmosphere, you know, you cannot be doing it. It can't be doing it sort of unfocused, but then you can, there's more than one way to shift energy. You don't have to give parts of yourself through those connections. It can be, you can radiate it through your natural um, radiant being, you know, and that's the thing. So if you are the greatest that you can be, you will naturally actually give off more energy than you could even just by dispelling it or, or passing it on, on a lower level. Yeah, I've gotten logged down with a lot of words hmm. Hmm. between writing and speaking and, 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 and a lot of nose to the grindstone delivery to yeah. get mass consciousness shifted. And so now here I am hmm. learning how to um, relearning how to have more presence and do what I want to do while serving in a way that is different now because it's, it's, it's not the same that's needed anymore. It's what different. What an amazing problem to have, right? Yeah, it's 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 very unique um, being me. <laughs> There's the soundbite. It's very unique being me. God, yeah, yeah. That's almost like what you gave me earlier that I love. Um, your reaction to that. It's very unique being me. We get trapped in our own truth chamber yeah yeah i love that and I, I i perceive it differently than like what's been happening online and in the government and and what people have been talking about when you know not being able to discuss or converse unless it's somebody who already sees the way they see when you said that i i didn't hear it that way and here again is another example of and this might be some of the divide i've been really perceiving that's coming up in 2022 like you like the speaking that both of us are acknowledging during this time together. If you're not conscious or if you're only at a certain level, you'll hear it this way. And if you are, then you'll hear it this way. So it's like, and that's okay too, because that, that's the thing, right? Cause no matter who, and this is the gift of speaking, right? Rather than trying to dial down to that level is saying, no, no, just trust that they will hear what they need to hear. And the next person will hear what they need to hear. And the next person will hear what they need to hear. Right. Dude, I used to be like that, right? I came back from Asia, totally steeped in the yogic teachings, understanding that. I've been working with two American, in particular, one American business support person and, and in my publishers even of the books earlier on, speak at a fifth grade level, write at a fifth grade level, talk at a fifth, you know, I mean, like deliver at a fifth grade reading level. Dumb it down. 
and so I, I hear like I'm not necessarily going for the masses. I, I'm, I'm going for people who can hold the light that is the highest for them. And I typically end up working with and have worked with leaders like uh, doctors, attorneys, um, speakers, uh, accountants, uh, business owners, nurses, like people on the front lines. And so I'm not necessarily for the masses. I don't have like, I feel like in this field, in this position I'm in, I'm supposed to want to reach the masses. And I've never, like, even when I have my Voice America radio show, my ego could want that because that's what I'm supposed to want is to reach the masses. But I find it easier to just be reaching the people who I'm meant to be reaching. So like I have these offers of different marketing gigs coming into me and my business of like, this is a way to reach more people. And I have consistently throughout the years been like, well, do I want to do that? And so then people on my team throughout the years, and this one I'm thinking of right now isn't any longer on my team as my support staff. Um, and she's like, of course you want to reach the masses you're hiding. And I'm like, but I'm hiding in a certain way so that only the people who can get what I'm saying, find me so I can continue to say what I'm saying, you know? So it's, it's, it's really interesting navigating the the marketplace or the consumerism of spirituality and staying of integrity, mm. especially in America. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to know, right? It's a challenge. It's fun. It's a journey. I want to be respectful of your time because we, we have a, we had a time promise here. So it, uh, that's it. Oh my God. You're not kidding. That flew by. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could ask you a few questions if I may, just simply fire in yeah. the belly, fire in the belly. If you were to try and describe it in one or two words, what would it be for you, Alison? <laughs> that laughter and just being alive, fully alive. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Where can people find out more, read your books, get in contact? What's the best place to send people? Vibrationalupgrade.com. Um, Allison with one L middle initial J and then K on Amazon. Cause there's an Allison K without the middle initial J who does not write about what I write about. Um, and then YouTube and Facebook vibration upgrade free Facebook group. Wow. Beautiful. Is there a final message you'd like to leave with our listeners? Just keep asking questions. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One more thing. Keep asking questions and <laughs> that was, yeah, break it up, disrupt it. Love it. Love it. Break the pattern. So it's all about, oh, I, was, I, I suspect we could probably talk for a different amount of hours, days, but uh, yeah, the listener will be respectful of your time. So thank you so much indeed for coming along. And uh, I have a funny feeling we may talk again. So thank you. I have that same funny feeling. <laughs> Thank you. You were, um, it was a gift. It was a gift. Um, not only to have this time in the questions that you asked, but the space and the, in the kindness and the generosity with which you offer this show of yours. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you too. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. 
If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.